podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, this is a View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 19th of September, 2023. My name is Patrick Smith. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitter. You can also download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a load more of your normal podcast providers. On this week's show, two preseason exhibition games between the Giants and the Clan wrap up the niceties as we prepare to start the real action with the group stage of the Challenge Cup this weekend. Um, he wasn't available the weekend, but he joins us tonight. Mark Cooper is our guest. Uh, the EHL have a new stats package to track the game online for your enjoyment. Our resident stat man, Davey, chatted to Luke Fisher of the Elite League all about it. And uh, for his first appearance since 2017, the original friend of the show, Mark Lefebvre, will join. We'll return to your view from the bridge uh, to help preview his Dundee Stars weekend against our own Belfast Giants. Uh, Mr. McJimsey, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Mr. <laughs> Smith. It's very lovely to see you, Mr. Kitchen. Hope you're well, Mr. Kitchen. Mr. McJimsey, how are you? <laughs> Actually, oh, I'm fair. not doing so great. I've gone deaf in one ear, like, like just what? can't hear. I know that's lucky I'm facing this way, or I wouldn't have been able to hear that. Have you only got one <laughs> ear put in? Pointless putting one in the other ear, can't hear anything. That's happened. yeah, I've, I've heard that happen. A few people have starting to get like, you know. I think our old friend uh, Joel Neal's had a bit of issue with that as a hearing going as well. I was Might reading about how he's a, a few issues with just uh, old age, man. Old age. What can I say? We're going to crack ahead with. Um, well, I was hoping to have Laura Small join us. She's dropped out. She'll be here in a couple of minutes. It is Organ Donation Week, um, and we're delighted to be joined by by Marchie McGowan. How are you doing, man? Marchie, can you hear us? He just put a message there says he can't hear us. Not hear us, Marshing. And we can't hear him. Hooray! I don't know what's happened there. <laughs> well, well, we'll come back to Marching in just a second. Hopefully, we can sort that out. But um, it is uh, Oregon Donation <clears throat> Weeks, Simon, and it's a, it's a real drive from the Belfast Giants. Another one that Laura will be along with us in a second to talk about. Yeah, it is. It's huge. You know. We've done this for quite a number of years now. Um, it's led by Laura, and um, and she gets everybody involved. And we had a few of the kids uh, down today. Actually, not just the kids. A lot of um, of Giants fans were down at the arena today, along with some of the players. And and uh, they, they took a big photograph today. So hopefully, uh, you know, Laura's going to be able to come back on and give us more details of it. She's an absolute machine when it comes to this type of thing, and and the the you know what she does for everything with regards to getting the exposure and dealing with the marketing team and, and uh, you know, just getting out there and, and liaising with uh, the donation organizations and everything as well. It's, it's, it's nothing short of remarkable. Um, but uh, it, it, it's, I don't know enough about it, Patrick. It's, it's one of those ones where I, I should know more about it. I'm, I'm registered as a, as an organ donor 
um, and Jasmine and, and my brother and sisters are well aware of, of what I want to do when and, and if I pass away. So it's, uh, um, you know, I, I want to donate anything that's any of use to anybody else. There's not an awful lot of me that probably, you know, I don't know about <laughs> knees and I don't know about shoulders and what have you, but, you know, I've, I've a good heart, I think. Um, so, uh, you know, if there's anybody out there that, that I can, that could potentially benefit from that, if I, something happens to me, um, I think it's, I think it's the right thing to do. So if anybody can, uh, go along to the register this weekend, um, and I know that it's like, it's like a soft, um, it's like a soft register. I'm, I'm not sure the correct wording for it. Uh, you know, it, you're automatically become a donor now before you actually have to say yes to you. The way you used to have to tick a box, I think it's automatic now. But yes. still, if something does happen to you, whoever oh. your dependents are, they still have to go to them first of all and say, "Are you okay with this?" Even though they said they wanted to donate. So um, it's. Uh, I think again, Laura and Marcin will have much more information than I will. Well, let's let's bring Marcin back in because I'll, you can hear us now, Marcin. Yes, I can. Can you hear me okay? Yes, absolutely. Thanks for joining us once again on A View from the Bridge. It's good to see you. Obviously, uh, young Dahi has name uh, on that law with regards to the opt-out and the opt-in on on the uh, on being an organ donor. But from your point of view, you know, how important is the drive this week? It's absolutely massive. You know, Dahi's law is in place. And, you know, we've already found out that it's actually saving lives. You know, I got a I got a text a week after Dahi's Law would come into effect um, from a lovely family to say that their loved one was the was um, the first um, in Dahi's Law and their loved one went on to save two lives. And that was just a week um, after Dahi's Law came into effect. But what, the biggest thing that I would love to get out of tonight, and I know there's plenty of people listening because I'm already getting messages of stick uh, saying sort it out with you, with my microphone is that <laughs> um, you know it's organ donation week every week for for my family and a lot of families and every out there and every day and every week is organ donation day and week but you know <clears throat> for the general public it's a great opportunity um, you know to turn to your loved one and even if people are watching and couples or with family tonight just turn to your loved one and say remember I'm a registered organ donor. Please respect my wishes. Even put it in the group chat. Take two minutes to have that wee chat. Um, the thing is, Dahi's law is in place, but the way I like to look at Dahi's law is it's a bit of a safety net. You know, if anything were to happen and you weren't registered, you're you're automatically a donor unless you know um, unless your family says no, or you know it always goes down to the family. But the thing is, we what we want we want people making their own decision. We want people to join. Take the two minutes. Tick that box. That box is still there, Simon. You know, you can still tick it um, and come along to us uh, on at the game this weekend. And it takes two minutes. And um, so that's that's the way we look at it. Dahi's Law, it's amazing that it's in, in place, but we're still encouraging people to join the <coughs> donor register because it's just, it's, it's so important. It is a case where you know, obviously, this Friday will probably be the, is the main game where we'll be uh, you'll be able to go and be part of that registration. It, it, the awareness is such a massive drive. You've brought it up there yourself. The awareness, and not just like yourself, but you, your family, your friends, and as you say, you know, letting people know. It's it, it's quite shocking at times about how many you know, especially if I talk about my own family, uh, my own friends, uh, quite sure how little awareness there is of it. Yes, and you know that's why we started the campaign back when Dahi was listed. Uh, we were, you know, we were horrified to see that 
only 42% of our population had joined the register. And at, at that time, it was on the up, and people were happy with that. But I was saying to myself, hold on a second. My son needs a gift of a heart transplant. It's his. It's the last resort. A transplant's a last resort. And if you're a registered organ donor, you're in the minority in society. I thought that was insane. Now, I'm happy to say that uh, in the time we've been campaigning, and we're delighted to play a you know a, a role in this, is that it's now fifty three percent. So you know it is it is creeping up there, and with Dahi's law in place, that you know things things are looking a lot better. But you know we're not there yet, and even with Dahi's law. I kind of thought there was a wee bit of a vibe that, you know, that job's done and, you know, we're sorted now and we're, we're far from it. You know, our guy still as far uh, from getting a new heart as he was this time last year. And in this year, you know, we've seen the, the week the law come into effect that he was actually suspended from the list. Um, and, you know, I'm happy to report he's back on the list and he's, he's back waiting. But, you know, so much can happen. And in, in, in a year, so we just we just want to encourage every single body to you know tick that box, you know, be aware, share your wishes with your loved ones, because no matter what, if you're on the register or if you're not on the register, it's your loved ones that make that decision. So your loved ones actually have the potential to overrule your actual decision. So you have to make sure you say to them, "I'm a registered organ donor. Please respect my wishes." Fantastic. The, uh, let's bring um, Let's bring. We spoke about it earlier on. We can finally bring her in. Laura, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Patrick. How are you? I'm very, very, very well. Um, from your your point of view, and what what's happening this weekend with regards to the game on Friday night? So it's Organ Donation Week, and as always, we are supporting that. We have so many fans that are affected by organ donation, be it recipients waiting for an organ or have given their loved ones organ at the last minute when they died suddenly and they've made that decision. And it's like Martin said, it's so important that we tell each other this. We talked about it in our meeting today because that's exactly what they said. Oh, is it not all kind of sorted like the, with the law? And I was like, no. And also your family will have the ultimate decision. So tell your family, tell your loved ones, tell whoever it's going to make that decision in your moment that that's what you want. So we're also going to be looking, not only encouraging people to join up for organ donation, but also to donate blood. And I know I batter on about this every year, but it doesn't, it's not changing and we're always going to need blood. Northern Ireland needs 850 <coughs> blood every week. That is an obscene figure. And only 6% of the people actually donate here. That figure is not rising. And I feel like I've been saying that since 2008, which is wild. Uh, if you're aged between, I think it's 16 or 17 and 65, you can give blood. It is relatively painless. It's just a little prick and you're done like a couple of minutes later and you've saved someone's life in, I think it's in three days, three people's lives in something like three or four days. There is nothing better you can do for people and save their life, nothing. We are really hopeful that one last thing and then I will be quiet, we are gonna be doing is stem cells. So people, bone marrow transplants, so people are still fixated on the old process that was used, which is where a very large needle was put into your, your hip bone and the bone marrow uh, extracted that way. That only happens in five to 10% of cases now. It is as straightforward as like removing blood. The stem cells are gr grown within you. The, 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 the byproduct that they need is grown within you and like taken out like blood. That is nothing. Again, a couple of hours at the hospital, you're home to go, like, good to go home that day and you've saved someone's life. It's, it's insane. So we're hopefully going to be able to do those tests and get people to actually sign up and test themselves. They'll be added to the stem cell register. 
it's basically like doing a COVID swab, but it's even easier. It doesn't go down your throat, it doesn't go up your nose, it just goes into your cheeks and you're done. So we're just waiting on that company, hopefully, to send us those tests. We encourage you all. It's probably going to be in the bridge. It may move. Come along. Every time we have this conversation, I have people message me. I'm, I'm not really sure if organization is for me. My advice, come along, look Martin in the face and tell him that and let him explain to you why it's important. Talk to Dylan. He's going to tell you why Dylan is a recipient and a donor. I mean, he's got to be a few in the world that are in that boat. Talk to the Graham who has a heart. Talk to Tom Simpson who has had over 300 blood transfusions, the importance of blood. And then come back and send me a message next week and tell me if you still feel the same way. Come and listen. It's, it's, it's all very well me banging on about it, but talk to these people who it actually affects on a day-to-day basis. That's my rant for the day. Fantastic. Listen, the, the amount of work that goes into to, to providing this, and uh, you know, obviously what we do is just a drop in the ocean compared to what is required. But every single little piece will be helpful in in, in like blood donation, organ donation, everything like that. It, you know, what you can do, the littlest things you can do, can help save lives. And and I think it's fantastic that that we are in this and that we that we help push this. And and hopefully it'll be. Um, Oh, Laura's gone and Laura's back. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, it'll be um, we'll be in a position where you know, you know, somebody who comes along on Friday and registers can go on to help uh, you know save another person's life, which is just remarkable. Guys, listen, we really appreciate your time tonight, and uh, thanks for joining us. Good luck on Friday, and uh, yeah, and best of luck. Give her give her love to Dahi as well, Martin. Well, Dave, thanks very much for having us. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Big thanks. Big thanks to Laura and the Marching for their time. Right. Gentlemen, let's um have a look at the uh the two games that took place over the weekend in Glasgow and back at the SSE Arena, the Belfast Giants, in the final preseason action that took place uh, before the <clears throat> start of the uh, Challenge Cup group stages this forthcoming weekend. I'll take you through a couple of statistics and then we'll talk about the games and have a few of the highlights. Um, on Friday, the Belfast Giants were in Glasgow uh, and they won 5-2. The goals from Nazarian Brown, two from Preston, one from McLeod, and for the clan, goal from Bolton and Jordan Kearney. Uh, Jackson Whistle and Jake Kelly were nets, respectively. Um, and then it was back to the SSE on Saturday. And it was a 3-1 win for the Glasgow clan. Two from Bolton, one from Craighead for the clan. And the Giants goal come from Quinn Preston, Jackson and Andy Carolinen were in nets for... Um, uh, Andy Carolinen was nets for the Glasgow clan. I'll be honest with you, gents. On the back of what we've had in the weeks gone by with the, with the CHL and the action with the preseason we had going back to the Devils and what we've got coming this forthcoming weekend, David... I really couldn't get myself up for these games. You couldn't? No, I just found it like, it was not um, like after the Lord Mayor's show, but like what were feisty enough games? But you're talking about we were well, short on bodies to begin with. Uh, and there are two games that were just sort of keep us ticking over before we go yeah. into the games against Dundee. I think in our own little WhatsApp groups, um, in our own little WhatsApp group, we talked about this. Uh, this for me was a little bit about conditioning, maybe getting a few guys that don't normally play with each other. Maybe just let this start here. The su- superb tribute just to Mike Hammond at the very start. Oh, you don't Absolutely. have to sound on. Oh, you don't sound on. Yeah. Sorry. It was, it was. Obviously, Mike, ha- Mike Hammond. Mike Hammond actually haven't passed away over the, over the summer. Um, a player for the Glasgow Clan, the Manchester Storm, and 
the uh, Nottingham Panthers. A lovely tribute there. Oh, very sad. Like the, the Giants actually started quite well. This is you know what seven minutes in the game. It was a bit of a jam play in front of the net. Um, Giants come away one 0 up, and I thought that the Giants did everything they had to do in the game. As, as we said, this was a little bit about this was getting our backup goaltender some minutes in in between the pipes. You got the both games at the weekend about getting like Max Drew played a lot of minutes. Um, unfortunately, um, Sean Norris went out of the game with a bit of an injury. Um. But it was just about, as you say, very well put, Paddy, just about keeping the legs, taking over, just putting this weekend and then getting back onto the practice ring. Because I talked last week during the podcast about this stage of the season now, the practice is even more critical <coughs> than the game time. Um, maybe with what has gone previously in the, the CHL games and a few games against Cardiff, you never know. This is maybe actually a couple of games that Adam maybe could have actually done without and had a, a, a day or two's practice. But there, it does no harm for the guys to also get that one trip over over to Scotland under the belt, understand what it's like travelling on the book there for a lot of boys that wouldn't have been on it before, getting the bus legs out of the way in the first period, having to come out sharp, all those things that will stand them good said for the, for the weeks coming ahead. I thought we were very functional. We did exactly what we had to do. I thought actually on Friday night we were... They, they're only maybe seven or eight days in the camp or whatever, and this is their first game. I just thought with the CHL and the games against Carver and stuff, we were just a bit a bit ahead of them um, physically and in, in skill levels and stuff. I just thought there was a bit of a, there was a margin of a gap on, on, on Friday night there that um, the, the Glasgow clan couldn't really compete whenever we were skating. They, they couldn't skate with us. So that'll be something they'll be looking at. And um, there'll be things that Adam will have been able to take out of the game. And uh, and hopefully you know everybody comes through whole and and they get a good week's practice this week leading into the into the real action. I, I I actually I really agree with you on especially on that first game in the in this game here that in the first period maybe period and a half and I was like the, the the clan struggled to skip with us at all. It was quite yes there are a few weeks behind us in camp but also we're bodies down and you know we're probably not playing a full pace. Actually, we weren't playing a full pace. So, yeah, I think there might have been a level of concern there from the clan. Simon, what was your take? Uh, do you know what? I was talking to a couple of lads yesterday, and it might sound really weird, but we were playing at a level in the CHL, which, with the greatest respect, is much faster and, you know, a lot of, of more prestige than, than the EIHL. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not slagging the EHL, EIHL off here, Patrick. I just think that the level that we've been playing at the last three or four games away to in the in um, Finland, Austria, and then obviously against Bolzano the weekend before last in Belfast, and we've come down from that and taken that step down from the level that we're we've been playing at. It's it's probably tough to try and get back again. Um, I, I don't think I thought the Friday night we dominated. Um, yes, we gave a couple of goals. Yes, we're short on bodies. I don't want to take any of those as excuses. Uh, when you look at the whole, you know, of, of little scrums and, and wasting time with penalties. I mean, the, the, some of the penalties that were called on on um, on Friday night's game were beyond me. Um, I've just had a, a, a commentators meeting with Luke Fisher and Mike Hicks and all the other commentators around the league, so I'm not allowed to get stuck in the referees at the minute. But that's on, um, that's on, that's on commentary, Simon. This is a view from the bridge. 
the, the that's very true. Um, you know, it's when you look at the, the some of the decisions. I mean, David was was emailing me and or sorry, texting me and on Friday night because I was out. Um, and he was telling me about some things that were, were being called and it was a wee bit bizarre. But look, the, the and then fairness, you know, the officials were on preseason form as well. Uh, even though they usually continue throughout the year. But um, the the big thing for me was a Friday <laughs> night was that I get the legs moving. You know, people say, that, you know, it's it's, it's about um, staying fit and getting guys together and, and what have you for preseason. You still want to win. You genuinely still want to win. You know, winning becomes a habit. Losing becomes a habit. Um, when you look at the, the four preseason games we played this year, we've lost three of them. Um, two against Cardiff, one against Glasgow, uh, which obviously the Saturday game, and we won the Friday game against uh, Glasgow and Brayhead. So, look, for me, it's it's about trying to get ready for this weekend, which is Friday night against Dundee. It's it's yeah. not ideal with the way things turned out on Friday evening. Um, sorry, Saturday evening, obviously, and and you know, missing bodies, guys getting hurt when we were there, and the likes of. Um, Sean Norris and Mark Garside missing uh, Mark Cooper obviously not being able to make a trip and a, <laughs> and a few other guys as well um, but we'll go through it, it's done and dusted and you know now the focus is all about Friday evening against Dundee in the Challenge Cup I'll bring up a few of the highlights from Saturday just here in a second but there's a comment there David, David from uh, Kevin Madden saying uh, goal pegs are in pre-season form Listen we've, we this, this is something that I'll, you'll see a lot over the next whatever three four weeks whatever because we'll be primarily glasgow dundee fife slightly different peg setup around the rinks i think me and sam talked about it the other day especially in scotland you can't have the drilled in ones like you have in the odyssey because of the the curling that goes on in some of the rinks in scotland i didn't for one minute think jackson whistle kicked the pegs off i really didn't um it's called I, I think he's actually gone across. He's he's on a penalty kill as it is. He's gone across. He's scrambling. He's feeling like I'm not a goaltender, so I'm only imagining. I've talked to goalies, and I've, I've, when I played in line, the, the boys were always talking about that they use the posts to push off, to, to get forward. You know, if you're going backwards, you need something to stop you going backwards to go forwards. The post is it. And the feel, good goalies will know exactly where the post is, and he's kicked that leg out and pushed himself off to go forward for a save. The posts have come off. You can sneeze sometimes. The posts come off in Scotland, you know, and and that's not that's just because of the setup. Jackson makes that exact same play on Saturday night in the Odyssey. The, the post stays on. He makes exactly the same play. Um, I made a, I, I don't have my notebook in front of me, but I was sitting making notes in the game and I've left them downstairs. Twenty four sixteen or something into the second period, and he's made exactly the same play. The left or right across the net. For somebody coming in for the left circle for the one timer, and he's coming across going backwards to forwards, and he's kicked out and, and pushed off a post, and it's stayed on. Different setup with pegs in Belfast, so you're going to get them. I thought it was a really really harsh call, and un unfortunately for us, I think we then conceded on that power play. Um, it is what it is. Um, you know, you'll see the pegs coming off a lot in the next few weeks. They're notoriously is it Fife? They're really really bad, or is it Dundee? I can't remember which one's worse. Fight. But um. Scotland. Yeah. Do you know um, what? I, I'm not sure. So when when I was playing, they had the there was like a little nub at the bottom of the the yeah. uh, nets uh, that a lot of the teams around the UK had, and it literally, I mean, you just lift, you sort of just lifted the net and, and dunked it down, and that was your net. That was your your, your yeah. uh, that was it for the for the game itself. And those 
Nets were better than what they are now. Now, I'm not sure if I think I was speaking to, to Jason Ellery the other day about this, and he was telling me the um, some of the rinks have like a magnet at the bottom of the post, but they also yeah. have a magnet in the ice. Um, it looks to me like that's what's happening in Glasgow, and the magnet is probably it's upside down or back to front. It doesn't work. It's 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 really bizarre which way it all um, you know comes together. And even Fife, Shane Owen, and Fife. Every single season, we've complained about him kicking the posts off. So it was no different last year in Glasgow or the year before. And it just so happens, I'm pretty sure that we weren't the first. Jackson wasn't the first goalie to kick it off the other night. And he got the penalty for it. Um, What we're going to do, well, do you know what? When it comes to these games, I'm so unenthused about... Like, it's not usually that I'm unenthused about Belfast Giants games, but even coming off the back of these, I was so unenthused about these games because I just didn't feel it. They didn't get me up for... You know, because I think this Friday I am excited and I'm looking forward to it. But these two games, they were what they were. Belfast Giants took on the Glasgow clan. Won one, lost one. And uh, we move on. Um, you get the highlights if you want to watch them. They are on YouTube from both the clan and Giants TV. Um, Mr. Kitchen popped down to training as he as he just enjoys doing, and he had a chat with Tyler Beskarowani, Kieran Long, and Sean Norris. Whenever you're ready, like. I guess um, I'll stand up. Well, I guess I'll stand up. I don't mind. Um, weekend games. You got two games in a row off. Uh, Obviously, the rest of the body of a, a tough start to the season. Yeah, I felt good to uh, get a bit of rest and, uh, you know, fix a little bit of bumps and bruises that may have come along the way. Uh, ready to get going here this weekend. Uh, Jackson played the two games against the Glasgow. Um, obviously, the win on Saturday night, sorry, win on Friday night, lost on Saturday night. Uh, but it, it's it's great to have two goaltenders that you can compete with and obviously backing up there on Friday night as well. For sure. But, uh, it's going to be a long season. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's like you said. It's good to have uh, two solid goalies, and you know what, having Dicko there as well, just to help out with uh, you know practices and team morale. And, and if we need him in the games, I think uh, you know we're we're fairly confident that he can he can do a job. So uh, as far as Wiss this past weekend, you know, he played really well. You know, he gave the team a chance to win on Saturday, and uh, you know a couple bad breaks there on Friday he could have easily been a shuttle for him. Uh, this weekend, we're back to Challenge Cup action from the Stars. Friday at home, Saturday away. Uh, boys look as if they're well. Monday morning, they're they're getting around to go and uh, looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, a little bit of a sweat today and uh, a bit of fun for the guys. You know, hasn't been uh, hasn't been a very uh, very easy start to the year with all the travel and, and all the games that we've had going on. And so, uh, a little bit of decompression here for the guys is, is a good thing to get the, the year going. And uh, I think everybody's ready to go. Here we go again. Take six. Um, hopefully no interruptions this time. Um, weekend, Kieran, against the uh, Glasgow clan, Friday night away, Saturday night home. What's your thoughts on the weekend? Yeah, you know, uh, Friday was a good game for boys. Um, came out hot in the first period, kind of took it to them and carried that pressure on through the second and third period. Um, Saturday, can't have any excuses, but yeah, we were short on bodies. But, you know, I think we could have tied up a little bit different, uh, a lot tighter, sorry, defensively. Um, I also think uh, guys have obviously wanted it a little bit more than us just to finish their preseason with a win. Um, but yeah, no, we, 
I say it was good little wake up call as well to lose that game to coming into next weekend to show the boys that we have to be ready for both games, kind of show up on one night and then expect it to be an easy night next. And I know the mindset of, of the team is they win every trophy we're in for. They start this weekend against Dundee. Uh, you already, already got two Challenge Cup trophies um, and medals in the bag, but they're done. Um, Dundee Friday night. Is the next one, next challenge, you must be looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, yeah, Kiefer gets on us at the start every year. And, you know, it's uh, for the new boys coming in, it's a little bit weird. But these, these games are huge for getting a uh, home ice advantage in the Cup. Um, and, you know, it's it's been crucial for us to play in front of a sellout crowd. And it's obviously helped us win two trophies. Saturday, the way to Dundee again. So we're not really worried about that one at the minute. Um, obviously, you've already touched on and picked up a few injuries in the last few weeks. Um, Monday morning, uh, you're getting prepared for Friday night's game and uh, a couple of bodies back. Yeah, a couple of bodies back. Um, you know, today's been a, it was fun skating this morning just to get the legs going until we get to the hard work in tomorrow. Um, a little bit of a gym session now too, but uh, yeah, you know, it's nice to get these bodies back and uh, get rolling on Saturday, uh, Friday. Who won wider Tatum? Oh, white tail went awful. Thank you very so much, ready. Kieran. You're welcome. It's been a long day. <laughs> what are you asking me? We're still going. Hey. Uh, we're still going, Sean. Um, weekend, uh, two games against Glasgow. Yeah. Uh, I picked up a knock on Friday night. Uh, obviously, missed Saturday. How are you feeling? Feeling good, feeling better. It was just a slight tear in the hamstring, but it's can be repaired pretty quickly, just try to get the legs going today and hopefully back next weekend. Good man, obviously you know, you've been playing the game Friday night with a 5-2 win against Glasgow. Um, what was your thoughts on that game? I think we dominated, I think we come out hard, um, especially coming from the CHL. That pace is just completely different. It's we, we have to be quick at everything we do, passing, skating, shooting. So when we come there, it was, we had a lot of possession, which was nice for the boys and I think we, I think we dominated from the, yeah, from the first puck drop. Saturday's game, uh, you would have obviously watched it in Saturday's game. Um, obviously coming out the, the wrong end of a three-one scoreline, um, Glasgow picking up the win. It, everybody keeps on saying pre-season games, yeah, it's, it's good. To, it, it, you want to win. You want to yeah. win every game you play. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it brings you into the season. It brings you into the season with a positive mindset of winning. If guys are struggling to score, struggling to play the, the way they want to play. Pre-season's where you want to be, scoring goals, taking wins and taking that into the season. Your first full season, stepping up the IHL level. Um, looking forward to getting it off and running on Friday against them. I am buzzing, yes. I'm going to do as much rehab as I can on this knee this week, but I'm confident I'll be ready to go on Friday. And I know this arena is going to be packed out, so yeah, the boys are ready to go and I'm buzzing. Obviously, you picked up uh, a winner's medal uh, in the Challenge Cup last year, along with two others um you know it, it's 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 a short career it's you know a lot of guys um if they get a chance to play in their 30s are still only 20 26 last week 24 last week 24. um so still a long way to go on that yeah uh, but it must be again it's something in the back of your mind you know you you want to pick up on a trophy this year yeah definitely i mean as soon as the season finishes you know you've got to go again and if I'm honest, for me personally, you're just as hungry. You want to keep that trophy here. You want to keep their medals and you want to keep building it up. Like you said, it's a short career. So you want to be winning as much as you possibly can. Good man. Thanks, Sean.
Big thanks to Tyler, Kieran, and to Sean. Um, right, on we go. Time for the fan agenda brought to you by our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. And we are delighted to welcome back on to A View from the Bridge, the captain of your Belfast Giants. That's Mark Cooper. How you doing, mate? Good. How you doing, guys? Doing really well. Obviously, you know you you weren't part of uh, what happened at the weekend, but looking back, those what's how are you feeling going into what is the opening games of the of the Challenge Cup against Dundee this weekend? Uh, I think extremely excited. I I, uh, I really like our group, and I, I like how we've played in uh, every game, minus maybe Tapera. Like I think we've been in every game. Um, been close um and had a chance to win uh i think all those games so i i really like where we're at i like the group um keepers put together i think we're we're really coming together well um minus a few injuries um i think we have a really solid group and uh, i think uh everyone's super excited to get things rolling patrick you freeze there? Sorry, uh, <laughs> my internet dropped out there, boys. I was just sending you a text message on uh, on WhatsApp. <laughs> Sorry, David, take it from there. Oh, you want me? You want me to go? Sorry, Patty, I would have jumped in there, but I thought you were just like pausing. There it was a dramatic pause here for what you were going to say next. Um, Mark, we've been I've been talking sort of every guy that we've had on this season asked a similar type of question about about happiness. And that how important is having that happiness away from the rink and, and what it brings to the rink. And obviously, little tiny things like having Guinness every single day. People, if you want to explain that in more depth. Yeah. But just the importance of being happy, a happy player away from the rink makes a happy player on the ice. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, um, I think um, a hockey season is extremely stressful, so you need to escape it mentally. Um uh, as much as you can, um, especially the, the format of the IHL is every game's magnitude is just that much more important. Um, so the mental grind's uh, definitely there. But yeah, so uh, uh, my girlfriend and I got a, a puppy over the summer and he's uh, he's been keeping me sane and getting me outdoors as much as possible. Um, so uh, yeah, happiness away from the rink uh, is extremely important. And I think all the, all the guys, uh, girlfriends, wives, or fiancés do a great job uh, letting us escape and, and, and uh, enjoy our happiness um, away from the rink. So it's it's huge, um, and I think that's a part of why we've been so successful the last two years. Kiefer really preaches that. Talk to me, Mark, about stress. So it, it would be easy from a fan's perspective to just think, this is a game. You guys are the luckiest guys in the world. You're playing a game for a living that we'd all love. I said often, we'd love to do it, but we're not good enough. You represent this great city. You represent us. Um, but the stress, who was it? Paddy talked about the dog days. Um, was it Jordan Boucher a couple of yes. seasons ago? About yep. whenever you get into that grind where you've came through Christmas and then you've still got 20, maybe 30 games to go. And it's like, it has to weigh on you hard that on, on mentally as well. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think you can see it in the league. Like the last couple of years, I think teams really um, fall off uh, towards the end of the year, um, just because because you can see the fatigue setting in. And um, I think you got to just approach every day as a new day, and 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 take the little wins when you can, and 
and just try and uh, get better every day. Like uh, the dog days going to Dundonald in January, February, they're, they're definitely not as bright as uh, the SSC or, um, but I think ultimately it comes down to like every Friday or Saturday when we play at home, uh, our crowd is buzzing and, and we kind of um, look forward to that every week, especially when we're at uh, the practice rink and when practice is tough, it's, it's all about uh, putting a good performance in on, on the weekend and, and playing in front of our, our fans. Mark, Simon Kitchen, big fan. Hey, Simon. Um, nice, to, nice to meet you. And you, and you. Um, you know, obviously, we all know you're captain now. Um, I know there's some of the fans are asking, uh, how did it, how did that come about? How did you get the news? But looking, obviously, it's your third year in Belfast. Um, you've picked up five trophies. You've watched David Gubin going into the middle of the of the rink and, and all wherever arena we picked the trophy up at and then laughing at the sky. Um, and you've mm. got that responsibility now on your shoulders to, to hopefully do be able to do that towards the end of the season as well. How does that make you feel? And then I know your mom and dad are super proud of you as well. Yeah, no. Uh, when I when I got word that I, I'd be captain, I was uh, extremely extremely humbled and uh, really excited to uh, grasp the opportunity. Um, I, I lived with David uh, my first year here, and then. Uh, last year we we hung out a bunch and roomed together on the road um he was a great leader i learned a lot from him um and i think i can bring my own little flavor on it um and uh i'm just extremely excited about the opportunity of just uh being the captain of this great franchise but also about the potential of lifting trophies for the guys and the team and the city it's uh it's extremely exciting and i, I can't wait to see what this season brings and when you look back at last year and everybody, you know, all the fans are still, I know we're travel champions with us up the other. Um, and yes, we are, absolutely. But that's now gone and everything, all the focus starts. Yes, we've had the CHL and we've still got a couple of games to go in the CHL. Yes, we've had our warm-up games and and uh, don't like calling them friendlies, but warm-up games. Yeah. But Friday, Dundee in Belfast, and with the, it's going to kick off the season with the opportunity to get back to Belfast for another Challenge Cup final. Because as, as you pass that knowledge on to the new group, just how important it is in these games in the middle of September. Yeah, I think um, uh, everyone I think is quite aware of the the league format and and the three trophies that are up for grab and how to how to get there, but. Um, I think the the two documentaries of the last two years are always playing somewhat in the room, and those those home games obviously mean a lot. So um, I think the guys know that home ice advantage is extremely important. Um, I think it can two years ago against Cardiff. I think it was the pretty much the reason we won that game. Uh, they the crowd kept us buzzing. We were down, our energy wasn't great, um, and then they just kept screaming and yelling and. Uh, we got one goal and then it kind of went from there. But um, no, I, I think everyone's extremely excited and, and knows uh, how important these games are um, and know how important every game is. Go take one of the questions from the people watching in. Um, Chris Revel, having played at such a high level in the CHL, is it difficult to adjust to domestic games? Um, 
I wouldn't say it's difficult. I think um, sometimes you'll you'll have these teams uh, come into our arena that um, don't play in as as big arenas like Glasgow or uh, like Dundee this weekend, and they'll get excited about our crowd and and they'll bring an energy that we might have not seen in, from the CHL. But I I think um, overall I think we're just going to approach it the same way um, and. Uh, try to uh, get after them early and, and get the crowd into it. And I think that's kind of uh, where we're at. And once we're in domestic competition, I think a game's a game and everyone's just ready to compete and have fun. One from Alan Brett. He says, how did you find out you've been made captain? Uh, so uh, this summer I, I uh, had a few chats with Kiefer and I, I think uh, he mentioned that I was, uh, I was, uh, probably the first candidate, but um, I'm sure he wanted to see me and make sure I didn't get too out of shape over summer before anything. So I didn't hear anything until I showed up. <laughs> but uh, no, I uh, he told me uh, the the morning they announced it that we're going to announce the captains uh, um, today, and I uh, I knew it then, and um, I was extremely humbled, like I said earlier, and uh, ready to uh, ready to uh, grasp the opportunity. One last question from me is, you know, what is it that you think qualifies you to be the captain? What do you bring to the room that you that makes that is the reason why you're wearing the C right now? Um, I think uh, for myself, I, it's just an, an everyday approach. I, I try to approach practice games um, the same way, uh, whether that be a mental or physical warm up. Um, I feel like the guys uh, see that and uh, respect that. Also, um, just being able to uh, chime in um, when needed to talk. I, I, w- I would say I'm a more lead by example captain than uh, a rah rah guy. But and then additionally, just uh, trying to bring it uh, bring it every day on the ice and um, play with passion and and pride and and excitement every day and try to get better. Um, uh, every time I step on the ice. Mark, we were just talking yesterday, just one for me to close, Paddy. Um, that last season, very first game of the season, um, away in Cardiff in the exhibition game, the, the game was won by an empty net game-winning goal from, can you remember who got that? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Yeah, and the yeah. season was round out. So the first game of the season was won by a Mark Cooper empty net goal against Cardiff in the... Yeah. Last game of the season was rounded out with a an empty net grand slam winning goal yeah. for Mark Cooper. So if I can have another one of those for for May Day, mate, that'd be really appreciated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, I'll look for an empty netter. Maybe maybe one with a goal in it too, but we'll see. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, listen, Mark, we really appreciate you coming on, and joining us. Congratulations on being made captain. We look forward <clears throat> to seeing you on the ice uh, this come weekend against the Dundee Stars. And uh, yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Big thanks to Mark Cooper for his time. Good to see him. Like, just briefly before we move on, you know, we talk about Mark and about how you know he puts so much in regards to this side, David, and you, our good friend Neil Russell calls him the MVP. There, when, when you look at the side, I wasn't surprised that he was made captain. He just does everything on and off the ice that you'd want a leader to do. Um, he goes to the dirty areas. He's made that sort of 
little area just off the side of the net on the power play of his own where they try and get it down low and he's, he's cutting in front on it. He came up with some massive goals last season. It's not even goals and assists. It's just little things he does during a game, especially in games where we're maybe not playing as well as we, as we could or games where we're up against it. He's the guy that sometimes just steps and puts everybody on his back and sort of like follow me. So absolute really solid call for captain. I really hope that in years to come, when Mark's back visiting Belfast with his, his, his wife and kids, as it'll be in Days the Cup, that his portrait is in that captain's corridor, um, ho- hoisting the trophy because of anybody. And I know we've got, we get close to some players. If anybody ever deserves to, as a captain, lift a trophy for this club, it's that guy. He just epitomises what it means to be a giant and to have that C on his chest. Congratulations to him. Well, well deserved. Absolutely. Uh, right, let's move it on. Uh, if you were keeping an eye on the Elite League website, you've seen that the the, uh, the league has introduced a brand new system with regards to statistics, logging more time on ice, new graphics, XG. So we had the opportunity to chat with, uh, well, who else? But the, uh, oh, by the way, by the way, David, it's back. <laughs> Somebody's fixed the machine. Stat man. We had the opportunity to chat with the uh, with <laughs> with the uh, the media and communications manager for the Elite League. That was, of course, Luke Fisher. And well, in the fridge, Mister Fisher. It's been a little while, mate. It's been a very long time. I think not since we came back from COVID, maybe. So so here we go. The say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. We're going into our third post-COVID season. Stronger than ever when you look at numbers in pre-season, numbers coming off the back end of last season. Well, you must be pretty happy with where the league sits at the minute. Yeah, like really happy. Um, I think... A lot of the uh, growth and the effort that our teams have been putting in over the past few seasons since we came back from COVID is really sort of counted. You always expect those games at the end of the season that, you know, as the, the games mean more the further into the season you get, have bigger crowds. But we're starting to see that actually a lot of teams are almost getting up a lot earlier. You know, Cardiff are almost selling out their building from the beginning of the season. And more and more uh, sort of it's not like this big thing where it comes up in January, it goes down again and then it comes back up towards the end of the season. You're seeing more and more that actually teams averages are very high. And like last year to to go over a million spectators again, like for only the second time ever, second season back after COVID. And also, you know, it was nine teams had an increase in their average attendance. And the only one that didn't was Sheffield, which is the biggest. And they were like it was like the average was like 10 short from the previous season so effectively everyone's grown and, and that's really good what are you putting it down to product product i think i think it's we, we should really say that teams do an awful lot of amount to to grow their own businesses and their brands in their own cities like you guys know what the giants are doing in belfast to you know this whole giant night out campaign which comes up a lot of the time on social media to really push the whole night out manchester dundee that um now in glasgow as well doing huge jobs to really promote those sort of game night experiences. I think that's that's another thing. Like, look at Sheffield uh, in their preseason. I mean, 9,000 and 6,000 for preseason games. The whole game night experience there. People, you know, we joke about the intro going on for so long, but the whole show that you get, and, it's, and everyone's gradually getting there with those things. I think it more... Someone said it at the fixtures meeting in the summer that they'd lost more games at home than normal, 
uh, from one of the teams, but people just, the match night experience was so good that actually the results weren't as important for a lot of the newer fans that are coming because they're coming for that entertainment. And that's going back to the fan survey. That's effectively what we learned is that people view coming to a hockey game as, as buying an entertainment product. Yeah, well, I know that Robert Fitzpatrick has talked for a number of years about, say, let's call the Belfast Giants model. We're on a Belfast Giants podcast about, you know, we're getting 6,000 in, or give or take most games. I, I'm not exactly sure of the number. Let's say 1,500 to 2,000 are season ticket holders. Then you've got your 1,000 that are like completely invested in the team that come to as many games as they can. And then you've got your couple of thousand of walk-ups or people that are just making a night out. So half your crowd aren't really Belfast Giants fans yet. Obviously, you're trying to grow that bottom base and that's where you, you get those steady crowds. But like it's the guys are out there. It's not so much, I know the social media guys and all are absolutely brilliant, but it's it's the digital billboards around city centres. It's, it's getting out there in the workplaces and spreading the message and even just taking those trophies around and being visible in the city. It's everything. And it's also working out what works for your market because what works in Belfast might not necessarily work in... Um, in Glasgow or in Dundee. And I know from talking to the guys in Manchester, I think they've been doing quite a lot of targeted social media adverts and they found that that actually really works for them. So they've continued with that. So I think teams have, you know, some of them really honed in on what works um, and really gone for it. And I think they're seeing the results of it. Plus, I think you, you can't uh, underestimate the level of the product as well. You know, last year's league table, at different parts in the league table was very tight. And when you're going into games and, it is completely unknown what's going to happen. That obviously helps sell tickets as well. Well, we've talked about the excitement of, of what could happen on a game night. Obviously, you've made some changes around, little changes within the game night experience, both for coaching staff and for fans. You want to give a little bit of an explanation of what we're really here to talk about tonight? Yeah, so the season that we lost, got interrupted by COVID and never finished, that 2019-20, we had brought in a completely revamped uh, website, back-end statistics system, registration system and everything. And that really took us a level on, you know, with the shot maps, the face-off things that we weren't logging before. And, and from the back-end made life an awful lot easier for how we deal with, like, league administration. But now we've gone one further. Um, we have Time on Ice for this season live, which is something I've wanted to do for ages we had some access to some time on ice last year um, that wasn't live and it, it wasn't, I would say, wholly accurate because it was coming in remotely. But um, doing it in the arena is, is the only way you can see if a guy goes for a change when the camera's moved. There is there's no better way than doing that. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited about that one because that, that's a really good number just that you see it in the game. You see who's played loads of shifts. Uh, you can see then over the course of the season who's consistently logging and I think you can also see progression. Like there are going to be some young players that will start the season with low time on ice. Where are they by the end of it? How much do they earn from their performances? Like look at the, some of the Dundee kids this weekend. Mark Lefebvre is probably going to have a hard time not giving them ice time in the season if they're scoring goals. So to see that kind of journey build is also quite cool. So the time on ice is, is great. Um, we've also got the, the updated shot maps to do, give more of the heat map, which is a really good uh, visual representation of what's going on. I like to see the individual goals or shots or things like that. But actually the heat map kind of gives you the stress of uh, where the weak points are, I guess. And then there's the XG, which is uh, completely new, really. Um, not many leagues in Europe have this. CHL has it. Um, you'll know from your XG and your expected win percentages against some of the CHL teams. Um, this, is, this is cool. XG is cool. And it's going to take a little bit of time to develop because 
we have players that have been in the league for a season, players that have been in the league for six seasons, some who are completely new. So to sort of make that calculation is going to take a little bit of honing uh, as the season goes in. But I think that's kind of cool. Like you're going to, before a game, you're going to get an expected goals per team. And if you look at the, the data that we had for last year's playoff final with the XG, it was almost bang on. It was something like four and a bit for Belfast and one and a bit for Cardiff. And I don't think it's going to be bang on every time. Um, But it was just very interesting when we saw that plugged in. It's like, oh, oh, that was really accurate, actually. Well, you know, I love, yeah, uh, (laughs) it's sad, bit of a nerd, love doing the stats. And it's something like, remember, for many years, standing with my notepad, doing face-off statistics, you know, offensive zone, defensive, neutral, and it just... It takes away the pencil and paper and just and it gives you i guess the the advantage for coaching staff is at the end of a period they're able to look straight away yeah. they're able to see who's who's carrying too much load here we might if we're winning he doesn't need to play 27 minutes tonight he can you know have a few shifts off or whatever but so bit of investment from the league in that as well but a lot of volunteerism around the league is going to need to go in to manage that as well yeah there's quite heavy investment from our side in this but in terms of the actual resources yes yeah, so we, we needed each team uh, off ice team to grab some extra excuse me, grab some extra people uh, for off ice. So Belfast, because you've had to do things like this for CHL, less of a problem, Cardiff the same, and a couple of other teams sort of already had quite big crews off ice. Some teams didn't, so they've had to expand those. And, and that's, you know, a lot of hard work that's gone into it that we really appreciate from uh, from everyone across the league for that, um, because it, it can only be as good as, you know, everyone is prepared to make it. But something we saw when we were meeting with the, the off ice crews a few weeks ago was actually... Everyone's pretty excited about this one. There wasn't really the feeling of, oh, so it's more stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Everyone's like, oh, no, this is cool because you can see it and you can see it immediately yeah. and you can see what it means and you can see how shots fine. You've got the, sh- the heat maps, but now you can see that that actually impacts your, ex- your XG and everything is kind of connected in. Um, and we have some things that we're prepping for, for um, web streams and jumbotrons that will also bring a bit more of this to life uh, for fans and, and for people in the arena as well. Um, and I think that also helps when you can see that what you're doing actually has like real world impact there and then at the end of the period and it's up there or you see the coach on the tablet actually looking, tracking it because a lot of them were asking when we were testing in preseason, they wanted the links for the time on ice. They wanted to see it for their team and for the team they were about to play. That's the other thing. It's the pre-scout is, uh, is quite big on that one. And that let, let's let's let, let, we'll, we'll we'll come back to those stats later on the season. I have a little you know revisit and see how that's all going for you. Another guy formerly of of this party, somebody that we talked about a few weeks ago, that probably helped elevate the podcast from a couple of guys in their bedroom to a se- semi decent product. Mark Brooks, you've you've noticed what he did with the Belfast Giants, and you've you've came in with that multi million pound deal for him. <laughs> yeah. Um... Really good. I'm really happy. Like I obviously, when Mark was working for the Giants, um, we had quite a lot to do with each other from league side and, and Giants side. But actually, now working with him, it's quite cool when we're on the phone to each other and talking about different things. And I think his passion for hockey, you, no one can doubt that, and his passion for selling hockey and promoting hockey and wanting to make it bigger. And I think it's, it's really positive that he's here. Um, you know, it's it's not easy, and, and he only came in at the start of August. So I think realistically, a lot of what he does is probably more geared towards next season. You know, mm. trying to sell a season in six weeks is, is not easy. But um, I think it's hugely positive that that we have him on board and and to actually have someone now dedicated to doing this because before other people would sort of do bits and bobs, but 
they're focused on running their team quite rightly running their team so to have someone now that can follow things up or, or go and make approaches and again everyone that filled out the fan survey we're, we're very grateful to you for that because mark now has a huge amount of data to start with that actually before last march we didn't have we didn't know a lot about our fan base apart from some online statistics or season ticket holder statistics and now he's got quite a good breakdown of uh, the demographics of the fan base that he can start looking at when, when we talk to potential sponsors suppose this comes back to almost like where we're starting and we're saying the product's improving not that there's a split from the 10 teams still on the league but you know you've got michael in the background you've got yourself now mark there's there's a team away from the teams themselves running the league as well yeah and and i think that's good because actually for some of the key people that were you know owners that were also helping to run the league it means they can actually concentrate on running their teams and ultimately that's that's where it should be like i think if you're if you're owning one team you the same way you employ staff in in your own organization you know that's you want people to come to you and say can we do this or what do you think about this and run ideas past and that's now what we can actually start doing rather than the league being okay in someone's almost spare time which i think is probably what it was 10 or so years ago um long long time before me but i yeah i find it very positive like that it's um it's nowhere near when i meet people from other leagues and they have you know 15 staff or something but mm. i think you have to keep stuff relative and also think where was it 2018 when I came in and we sat a season out that's also the really important thing we sat a whole season out and and actually we've come back from that with bigger crowds um so I think everything together is just very positive well then to wrap it up and a nice little put a little little bow on top a little message maybe for the fans for those that are just maybe about to press that button on twitter or x as it's called now just before you press it Luke Fisher wants to put something in your head please be nice to each other come on like it's i think uh, people are how to say that when i noticed when threads came and i we the merits of not of threads is a completely different topic but um threads met, pretty much made you use a username and a photo because it was tied to your instagram and immediately it was a lot more of a positive platform a because it's new but also it just was because you were associated with it. And it's very easy when you don't have to have a photo, you don't have to have your name. It's just an alias you're using to just, but like, you know, come on, we're all excited for the start of the season. We're all super happy and enthusiastic. Like, I don't really think we need to fight with each other, especially not in preseason. Like I just, yeah. I think if everyone could just play nicely with each other online, cause we're all, we all want the same thing, right? We all want to see tight games. We all want to see really good. We'd all love it if all the rinks were full. Absolutely, we would all love it if every single game was like that. So, yeah, just just be nice to each other. Um, and I, I could say a lot more about it, but maybe, maybe I shouldn't. And enjoy your hockey, of course. In, yes, in, that's it. Enjoy the hockey. Whether you're watching it online, whether you're watching it in the ring, enjoy the hockey, enjoy the atmosphere. Enjoy that people are actually doing what they love and whether that's actually um, the players, but also... A lot of the office people, the people behind your team's social media account, you know, it's not their fault if you lose. And <laughs> they're also, you know, trying to do what they love and trying to help the team as much as they can. So just, yeah, be nice, be happy and uh, enjoy it. Oh, we know we get some cracking tweets to AVFTB for uh, things that have gone wrong. But listen, look, let's get half a dozen games or weeks into the season, have you back on for a little chat, see how it's all started, how your stat system's going and, and, uh, all the best and thanks for your time tonight. Thank you. We'd love to. Enjoy the rest of the night. Bye-bye.
a big thanks to uh, to Luke Fisher for his time. It's a uh, big thanks to Luke Fisher for his time. And uh, I have a quick look through that statistics program, and it's really interesting. I, I, I stuck a link up in the notes there with the comments to sort of point out the uh, the, the playoff final from last season. And, and he's right about, Davey, about how much it, it tied in with what took place in the ice. Yeah, stats are what stats are at the end of the day you know they're there to be interpreted and they're to be used if you can use them and you know we've had steve thornton we've talked about these things for many many years it's all it's all about finding a little tiny of margin of advantage over your competition and what's a, a fairly you know party party league in terms of ability on some nights so if you can just find that little one one percent uh, advantage over your opponent from your pre-scout, you know, just a little weakness in the goaltender, a tendency, a, ten, a defensive system, you know, a, a very good man to, to chat about this, obviously, upcoming. But, you know, that's what we're looking for is fine margins. Yeah, we're going to come to him in just a second. We just want to ask you a question, Simon. You know, is this something that you might use during games? I use Davy's stats during games. Fair enough. More accurate. Fair enough. <laughs> the, the, um, no, look, I, we're had a, we had literally before we come on to... AVFTB tonight. I was on with all the other commentators around the league and Luke and and uh, Mike Hicks. Um, and you know, fair play to them. They've went. You know, they've basically invested in in what we to make the, the product better um, for uh, both in arena and um, on any webcast that fans want to watch. So uh, if they if they manage to get everything pulled together, it should be very very handy. And having all that information at your fingertips at the end of a period. Uh, is very very good as well. So yeah, hopefully, wish them all the best, um, both on a, on ice officials and the off ice officials, um, and uh, we'll see where we we'll go to it this year. Absolutely, right. The uh, the Belfast Giants returned to Challenge Cup action, looking to defend the the Challenge Cup that they won as part of the the treble of last season. Uh, and their first up is the Dundee Stars, and they've got a new head coach, a returning head coach. And a returning a man who I'm pleased to say is back on this show. He, he hasn't been on since 2017. He is the original friend of the show. It's Mark Lefebvre. How are you doing, mate? Save the last, the best for last, eh, boys? So uh, as always, no, as always. Oh, no, it's great. It's good to be back. See you guys, and uh, it's great to be back in the league. So it's uh, I'm looking forward to Friday night. You've obviously been in France at Chamonix for the last couple of years. How's the return to Dundee come about? Uh, it's like returning home, to be honest with you. Nothing much has changed. Obviously, the club's got a bigger uh, framework inside the city. You see the crowds are up, more sponsorship, uh, just more professional overall. And you can see that, I think, across the league. Um, it's nice to see. So the league's always evolving. Um, and you, you want to have a strong league overall. And I think our, the name of the league is getting better across Europe. So that's always great to see. And what sort of coaches come back? Is it a different Mark Lefebvre that's come back from the one that, that went in 2017? Yeah, definitely, I think, a more mature one. Uh, I just think overall, from the X's and O's, man management, just everything's gotten better. I've seen a lot of things over in other leagues, whether it was in the East Coast League, work with the National Hockey League teams, working in Denmark and then working in France. You just see different things and different professionalisms and how they handle things and I've tried to put that into my own coaching philosophy and obviously bring that to Dundee. Welcome back, coach. It's really lovely to have you back on AVFTB. It's been too long, but um, 
looking at France v what you're going to be having here in Dundee, the last couple of years has been it's been pretty much European Ross. There's a few Finnish guys, mostly Europeans, a few Hungarians. I don't know whether that feeds back into your own time in, in the Hungarian leagues, but back into Dundee with a much more North American style of hockey. Yeah, well, in France, I had no say on any players. Um, the GM and the assistant GM, they signed the whole team. Um, hence, we only had two North Americans in the two years I was there. So, um, you know, being a North American coach and trying to get, you know, Finnish guys, Swedish guys, Russians, Czechs, all on the same page to play a, a North American style is a little bit uh, tough. But, um, you know, I want to have full control of my roster again. And uh, then he's definitely provided that. So that's why we've gone with the North American style roster. And, and you see that across our league anyways. It's mostly teams that mostly North Americans. So uh, we're no different. And then you're, you're saying, obviously, the, the, the setup in France is slightly different. Back on Dundee, not only head coach, head of hockey ops as well. Is that something that you've been looking forward to getting into? Yeah, eventually I want to move away from coaching. Um, obviously, I love it, but eventually I want to get into the upper management role, whether it's a director of scouting or a GM role. And, and I really enjoy building my teams, um, something I really enjoyed in the past and, and something I wanted to get back to or something I never got to do in Denmark and, and in France especially. Um, so this was part of it, more, more moving into an operations role as well. Coach, when you look around the league uh, and the IHL, all the teams are, have, in our in my opinion, I mean, they've all um, basically seemed to have got better this summer, which is what you expect because the league's got better over the last few years. But the backbone of every team in the EIHL is their British players, and you've got some really good young players. I really like young Jonathan McBean. Craig Gargan gives it all every time he's on on the ice. Uh, Chris Ingles and, and Craig Moore. You must be happy with the, the and, and the, when I say British, I, I take that. Um, a little bit and tighten it in for Dundee because those kids are most of them are local as well. Yeah, we don't have the luxury of going out and getting kids from down south or out the, or you know, in the Midlands or anything like that. So we have to have a lot of the locally homegrown players. So and you see Johnny McBean, he's, he's the skill sets there. I mean, he's only 19 years old, but he's just going to keep getting better, playing with imports, being in a professional environment. You know, I, for me, I think he can be on the national team in a few years. Craig Garrigan, he just he's a good, hard nosed player he's not overly skilled on the offensive side of things but he got two goals on Saturday so maybe I'm wrong on that but um, you know he's definitely going to provide uh, you know some tenacity towards our lineup and, and obviously Morrissey and, and Ingi I, I had before my first time around in, in Dundee so I've seen their development grow over the years and it's good to see now it's the development into more mature players um, and they're only in their mid-20s so I still think the best is yet to come with those guys. We've we touched on obviously what you've been doing the last couple of years. It's all about this Friday. Um, coming back in to make your second debut as a coach as the Dundee Stars uh, against the Belfast Giants in Belfast. What sort of challenge are you expecting from the Giants on Friday night? Well, I know you guys. You guys set the benchmark for the league uh, last year for everybody. Where all the other nine clubs want to get to, uh, winning every trophy available. Um, you see the standard of players that Kiefer brings in and Thorts bring in. Um, we want to get to that level at the, as well. So it's a good challenge to see where we're at on Friday night and see where we can improve as well. But hopefully we, we want to win, obviously. Um, but they've set the standard for the league. 
Let me just quickly ask you about you know the side that you put together. You know you you, you talked about putting this this side together and having the opportunity to do so. One of the one of the signings that really raised an eyebrow is the return of Kevin Carter to the league. Um, you know did so well with the Nottingham Panthers, but also went back and played ECHL. Has been in Norway last year or so. But you know he's a guy who's a top level goalkeeper in this league. And he's going to he's going to win you a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, you look at his uh, pedigree. He's, you know, led the league in shutouts a few years ago with Nottingham. You know, that was one of the tougher signings to get across the line because he had some other offers, uh, you know, not just in our league, but in other leagues across Europe as well. And, you know, fortunately for us, he, he's come to Dundee and, uh, you know, expect big things from, uh, you know, you need goaltending to win. I don't care where you are. You guys have Besco and, and Wessel in that there. And, and uh, you know, you see all their top quality goalies across the league. So you need that to win. And, and Kevin's no different. Sorry, David. Just one more for okay. me. Is the fact that the one of the other names that stands out is the, your captain in Dryden Dow. He's a, he's a fixture in Dundee now. Yeah, he's a Dundonian. Basically, I wish he was a count as a British player, so we have another import. But um, you know, he's he's a great two way defenseman. Really helps our power play on the offensive end of things on the defensive uh, back end. And he's just a great leader off the ice. It was a no-brainer for me to bring him back as a captain as well. So he's uh, really helped me out quite a bit in transitioning and coming back. And, and what's new uh, since I've been gone since the last time. So he's definitely great to work with. Coach, um, KPIs, key performance indicators. If, you know, we, we spoke to Jeff Hutchins probably around the last time you were, and he talked about the realism of Dundee probably aren't going to win a Grand Slam. Okay, you just go out every night to try and win every game, and that's what every team will set up to do. Have you got like realistic um, targets in your side? Is it getting through the Challenge Cup group? Is it qualifying for the playoffs, or is it is it shorter stints than that? Is it seeing where you're at at the end of September, seeing if you need to make changes, look at it again at Halloween? What's the sort of the, the mindset going into the season? Well, for us, it's to make it that top eight. In the, for the playoffs, anything can happen in our league. But you know, get hot for two weekends, and you're a playoff champion. Yeah. Uh. Big thing for us is to really get into the challenge group into the final league because I think it's such a dress rehearsal for our guys to see how the playoffs work in that 20, 120 minute game aggregate score. Um, so it's important for us to qualify the top eight in both of those. Um, and you never know, miracles happen, right? Uh, Leicester City won the Premiership in soccer and uh, football. Um, not saying it'd be a miracle if we won, but you know everybody expects you know the same four or five clubs to compete at the top at the league all year. But you know for us, realistically, making to the playoffs top eight and in the Challenge Cup top eight, then anything can happen from there. Simon, that's just well, listen, on that note, we, we love the really good to see you back. We would love to have what you guys are doing right now in Champions League and, and Continental Cup and everything like that. So I mean. You know, winning playoffs might go a long way to doing that. And uh, but I see you guys are getting a great experience this year playing in Champions League. So I think every every team in our league should be striving for that because I think it just gives our league a bigger name in Europe. And you see the results that you guys have had. You beat Bolzano, you pushed Innsbruck to the end there, and you had a couple other good results against the other big clubs. So I think it makes our league look a lot better because I think if if teams decline to go. I think it should be mandatory. Every team, if they're qualified for Europe, they should be mandated to go no matter what. Um, and the way you guys have, have performed, it just makes our league look a lot better. It looks a little more attractive to players uh, that are playing in Europe right now as well. One last that, question. Oh, sorry, I'm going to jump across you there. Is that, how, how big of a factor is that for a player coming to Dundee that the, there's an opportunity I really don't want to be disparaging here, coach, and I'm not trying to be. 
the likelihood of Dundee playing in Champions Hockey League next season is, is quite small in comparison to perhaps one of the other five teams that you mentioned, because I'm not just going to say it's Belfast only. Um, but the likelihood is the winners of the league will probably come out of that chunk of five teams. How do you use... How, do, how does the Belfast being in the Champions Hockey League help you recruit players? Well, I think it's performance-wise. Like I said, you know, your results that you've had so far, it makes the league is like, okay, well, this team's doing so well in Europe. How are the other teams in the league? They must do well as uh, also, and they must be a good, tough teams and good teams as well to be on. So it just showcases our league overall. So I think everybody has to work together and making sure teams do well in Europe as well um, and just makes you know puts a spotlight in our league. One final question for me, Coach, um, before we wrap it up, is that you know, you're know you back after all these years, back in Dundee. Uh, is it good to be back? And is there anywhere you're looking forward to getting back to? Well, it's great to be back. Like I said, it's like being home again. Um, you know, the late league's always been like a second home for me. I always find my way back somehow here. But, uh, but I think a lot of it has to do with the people as well. They're around the league. Um, they make the league. You know, I've been in other leagues like France, Denmark. There's no real cohesion um i think it's a different animal those other leagues are run by the federation whereas our league's run by the clubs so everybody's working together to make sure it's a stronger league um well obviously belfast friday night right so that's uh, one place to, looking forward to coming back to but um i'm looking forward to going to sheffield and then hearing simsy scream over the mic for for 60 minutes um that's one <laughs> but uh, i've already talked to the league about the you league can't have missed that league. come on you can't have missed that <laughs> I've already talked to Lee about their 15-minute intro, so it's um, but um, but I think just overall in the league, I think just getting I haven't been to Guilford yet because they were in the league last time I was around, so that's going to be something I'm looking forward to. But the one thing I like about our league, I think everybody has a chance to win every night um, this season. I think every club has done a great job in the summer of improving their clubs on the ice, off the ice as well, and it just makes it more parity in the league. Um, obviously other teams have bigger budgets, have extra imports, all that stuff, but it doesn't really matter because we can only dress 15. But at the end of the day, everybody has done a great job to make the league uh, more attractive and, and more competitive. And I think it's going to be a great season overall. Well, listen, Coach, it's, it's great to have you on. It's good to see you back. Thank you very much for your time. Not going to wish you luck this weekend, but we'll wish you luck moving forward from that. And uh, yeah, well, hopefully we'll, we'll see you back on here through the season. Well, we'll try to ruin your party on Friday night. So, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing you guys, and um, and let's have a great season, everybody. Yeah, fantastic. Cheers, coach. Big thanks, big thanks to Mark Lefebvre. Good to see him back in the league. A really, really great character, David. Wonderful. Um, really, really great guy. Um, someone who he touches base occasionally on the league, just to you know see how Belfast are going, how we're doing, and, and stuff. It's, it's kept his finger on the pulse of ADVFTB. We're always very, very grateful to, to any coach, but it was great when, when Mark came back into the league that he agreed to come on AVFTB again. Always had a soft spot for us, always had a soft spot for him, and as you say, after Friday night, hope he does really, really well. Um, Simon, one of the, uh, one of the things that uh, always say about coaches coming into this league having experience within this oh. league is vital you can you know you can have you know, he's uh, marsh come in here from chamonix he spent a time in chamonix in the french league obviously oh, down in nottingham you've, we've got another coach coming in from the french league but the difference between the two is that mark's got experience in this league and that is vital well there's another difference we like with we like mark <laughs> um, and, and, he, and he's uh, uh, you know it's Dundee it's not Nottingham but um, you know Davey just touched on there playing on Friday night 
Um, and then it's, uh, you know, we'll wish them luck. No, we won't because we'll play him on Saturday again as well. But <laughs> look, it, it's, it's, you know what? It's, he's a character. Um, you know, he, he comes in, he's a, he's a good coach as well. You know, okay. there's a lot of, you know, he knows what he's at. He, and, and, and when you're looking around, you see, he's obviously touched on, he's been in Denmark and he's been in France the last few years, um, ECHL experience and what have you as well. So, you know, you just never know what this, what's this going to, Come out on Friday evening. Hopefully, a chance to turn up. Hopefully, but you get off to a really good start. We're going to have an already really good crowd at the arena on Friday evening. Um, so uh, it's uh, that's the that's the next one up, and and that's the most important one because again, you want to get off to a good start in the Challenge Cup. Absolutely. The games this weekend, Friday, 7 p.m., Giants against the Stars in the Challenge Cup at the SSE Arena, of course, on Giants TV. And then we go over to the Dundee Ice Arena uh, on Tayside and we uh, face them in again in the Challenge Cup, uh, Saturday, 7 p.m., and you'll get that on Dundee Stars TV. Um, there is a lot of news going about today. We're, we're overrunning, boys. There is a lot of news. I could, I could talk to you about all the preseason stuff. Not that bad. Riley Brandt who's deciding to you know go nuts again. Not that what bad. happened there? I, did, Listen, I, I it seemed to be a bit of a hit that, that, and then he's got into a bit of a fight, and then at the end of the game he speared somebody. There just it just seems to be a bit of bad blood between preseason bad blood between Cardiff. It seems to be going on a lot of teams actually. You look at our game against um, Glasgow. Got a bit feisty with, with Sato and, and Stevenson. You look at the game, even Nottingham had their run-ins with, with Sheffield. They have Sheffield run-ins with Cardiff and Riley Brandt going after people. And it just seems to be that the preseason's got a bit feisty. It's just markers, yeah. isn't it? Says really. Yeah, it's it's, for me, yeah, for me, there's no such thing as a friendly that gets stuck and I'm your mom. No problem. <laughs> But yeah, it seems that Riley Brandt's getting a bit of a reputation for being a bit nuts. And, uh, you know, you see at the end of the game, an overtime winner for the Sheffield Steelers, he comes off the bench, spears somebody and just skips Prob- away. Probably yeah. for me, it's worse than the, the hit along the wall. I didn't, I've seen Wouldn't people have. thinking that five plus game isn't enough, it's suspensions needed there. I could see an argument well, I mean, that it, I, I, it was barely I, I, a minor I mean, penalty. Was it not? I want to say there was a suspension handed out last year in preseason. I can't remember who it was, but I mean, spearing. What is the penalty for spearing? Is a five plus match? So um, it should depends. be a hands. It's 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 got various tariffs, Simon. Um, it seemed more. Listen, it, it was a spear. It, it seemed it seemed like a bit of a cup check. To be honest with you, it seems I that he's come off. He's done a bit of he's done a bit of a cup check. It looks like a bit of a spear. You know, I think that from that respect. It is pretty bad, but is it that bad? No. I don't know. It just seems that that Brandt himself it seems to be getting a bit of a rep before season's even begun. And I and I, you know, long may that continue. Listen, if you want to go in and do things that are going to get you suspended, please just work away. That is absolutely fine. Hello from Belfast. We'll 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 have that. But um, but there seems to be like a lot of it. And then you've got you know. Um, a bit of a battle between Sheffield and Nottingham the other week when they had that just seemed I just felt that preseason setting a pretty physical tone. Oh, bombs on seats, man! Bombs on seats. Yeah, but also, do, do you know what also gets bombs on seats, mate? Winning championships. Those. Winning. We'll stick to that. We'll stick to doing that. Here um, at night. What? What about? Uh, what about Jackson Whistle getting um, a little bit of attention from the fan fans? <laughs> I want to put that on the. I want to put that on the soundboard. I'm, I'm, I'm reviving, as you know, as you can see, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm reviving the soundboard. Thanks very much for turning up. 
I'll turn that one up on again. Thanks very much for turning up. <laughs> I want to get that comment because the the clan fans were not happy that he suggested that that's a team we should be beating. Unfortunately for them, he's right. What can you do? Jackson, when did he, when did he, when did he get stick for this? Sorry, I, I, I've missed this completely. It was Somebody in the post game. Yeah, you know, watch the post game interviews. Jackson Whistle said the post game interview for a, for a view from the bridge. He just looked out. He says that's a team that we shouldn't be losing to. Not to go right back fans. to the very start of the show, but like if you take the first thirty minutes of, of Friday night, there's quite a golf in um, in class there. So I think I back Jackson up on that. He was absolutely right. It's got the backup of the clan fans, and I'm delighted to see it. Um, right, gents, any other business before we wrap things up here? I just want to reiterate what um, Laura and Marcin were saying earlier on. Um, please, 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 if you're coming along to the game on Friday evening, register for the uh, the donors list, please. It's it's imperative we try and do our our, our best for for uh, um, what we're what the organisation puts out there every week and. I'm talking like a tumble dryer today. I'm sort of, I feel a bit of a cold coming on. But uh, you look, if you can help out in any way, please do so. If you can give blood, please do so. Um, and uh, support uh, what uh, Laura and Marcin and, and others are trying to put together this weekend. Here, here. Like, I, these I, these I, sort of drives from the Belfast Giants, you may, some people may feel that they're always going on. They have to go on. They're so important. The organ donation stuff, the blood <clears throat> donation stuff, the 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 uh, the the bone marrow stuff. It's so important. And and even if just like you know, it, it could be just one person from the SSC arena on Friday night. Just could be one person could have that that vital component that is needed by somebody else. And because they signed up that night, they've saved somebody's life. So it it's a it's a such a small thing to do. But it could have massive repercussions repercussions Absolutely. for somebody else's life. So yeah, please, please, please get involved. Yeah, I'm going to labour the point because I didn't get to speak earlier and I had all these fabulous notes made. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, um, who had thought twenty years ago that the Belfast Giants would? I, I know we say about being more than a club and all, but like with the, the Tom Simpson, the blood with Dylan, with the his his kidney issues, with with dying eye, with the 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 donor system. And recently we did the stem cells. We did our own pint for a pint where we, we've asked people to go and donate blood. Do, if you can, donate blood, donate platelets if you can. No, Simon, if you need advice on what to do, speak to Kitsy. He'll give you, tell you where to go. Well, tell, tell everybody where to go, doesn't he? But, you know <laughs> what I mean? He'll explain to you where you, can, where you can give blood. Um, But it is, it's about exposure and it's about publicity and using the the hockey club to be able to do that and using this podcast to be able to put a wee bit of exposure. Simon said at the start, you know, head, shoulders, knees and toes. They're no good to him. Where none of us are getting out of this gig alive. So, you know, you want to leave a little legacy, leave a little bit of you behind. And, you know, what a legacy to have to give someone else sight, life, heart, whatever. That That's, uh, you know, you want to talk about tree legacy, doing something like that. But you've got to talk got to tell your family this is how you feel about it and it's not an easy topic i can guarantee that's not an easy topic to have but have it if you're brave enough and you want to do it because thinking about it I, from the, it's came along over the last of years i've given a lot of thought it's something i was always when i was younger was like no way i'm not i'm not and now like, hey, if, if i can if i can do something to help somebody else out any day of the week i'll do it but if i can leave something behind that somebody else who would otherwise be coming with me, 
can stay and carry on a wee bit longer, I'm all in. So do what you can. Come along, register. Leave some of yourself behind when you're on your way out anyway. You're here. You're here. And all that will be part on. Keep an eye on the bridge on Friday night around the SSE Arena on how you can be part of it. Uh, David, and from yourself? Nope. Done. And then we're all done. Belfast Giants return to the first proper game of the Elite League season. That is in the Challenge Cup on Friday night against the Dundee Stars, 7pm. And if you can't get down to that, you follow it on Giants TV with Simon. And then we go over the following day to the Dundee Ice Arena uh, to take on the Stars once more, Saturday at 7pm. And if you're not flying over for that, you can get it on Dundee Stars TV. Big thank you to Mark Cooper and to Mark Lefebvre, to the lads down at training, to Laura and to Marcin, who also came on and joined us. Big thank you to you, David, and to you, Simon. Patrick, David. It's good to see us. And uh, yeah, you can get us on at AVFTB on Twitter slash X. I'm still calling it Twitter. I don't care. Uh, (laughs) Facebook, uh, kingdomofthegiants.com. Podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com is where you can send us uh, emails if you'd like to do so. And that's it. Wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time. All of you from the bridge. Sports Social Podcast Network.